Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm so excited to be here this morning and I'm so sorry to um, be late this morning. I had some a few challenges on my way here and but I'm glad that I'm here and I thank God for this privilege to be here this morning. Whenever I have the opportunity to talk to people, um, I'm so grateful because I know it's an avenue that God can use me to reach them. And I know that because you've made yourself available this morning, your life will not remain the same in the name of Jesus. I just want you to be on your feet this morning and say a word of prayer for yourself and begin to ask the Lord, as your word comes forth, let it take root in my heart. Let it bear fruit in my life in the name of Jesus. A lot of times we hear words that we push up our heads, over our heads. But begin to say, Lord, as I hear your word this morning, I ask that it take root in my heart. It will bear fruit in my life in the name of Jesus. Ten years from now, five years from now, two years from now, let me look back at this day and be glad that I sat under this ministration. Holy Spirit, help us tonight. Help me to speak to your people as you will have me speak. Help them to listen as you have them listen. We come against every spirit of destruction in the name of Jesus. We begin to decree. We take authority over the powers loose in this environment in the name of Jesus. And we say we bind you in the name of Jesus. We begin to decree that the will of God will be established in this place this morning in the name of Jesus. The will of God will be established in this place this morning in the name of Jesus. And Father, we make bold to say this morning that all glory returns to your name in the name of Jesus. We give you praise. Holy Spirit, have your way. For in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Take your seat this morning. Hallelujah. I bring you greetings from my um, lovely husband and my four children. Hallelujah. Um, if he did not release me as my head, I will not be here. And I'm glad for the privilege to be here this morning. And I know that the grace that we both share in will be released upon your life in the name of Jesus. Um, I'm asked to speak on the pitfalls of relationship this morning. By the grace of God, I've been a writer for over 15 years. And I like to tell people that I'm not 50 years old. No. But God's grace has been available for me. I've been had the privilege to teach people, had the privilege to inspire people, to train people, just by His grace. And I know that your life will not remain the same in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Pitfalls of relationship. I'm a teacher. I'm not a core pastor. I'm pastoring a church with my husband, Live you That's what I'm a teacher. I'm a born teacher. So I'm going to teach like I'm teaching you in the class. Hallelujah. And a few times we experience the move of the Spirit. Because the purpose of bringing God's Word is that people understand it. That is the purpose of bringing forth God's Word. And today I'll speak on the pitfalls of relationships. And what are pitfalls? When you talk about pitfalls, you're talking about difficulties that people face in relationship. You know, and we have different kinds of relationship. Um, human being was created for relationship. So God says in the book of Genesis, it is not good for man to be alone. Now he's talking about that. He's not just talking about the... Um, the marital, the emotional kind of relationship. It is not meant to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. So even when you have an assignment, now he has a, an assignment. He has a team, people to work with. Hallelujah. So you have family relationship. You have career relationship. You have um, marital relationships. You have um, spiritual relationships. There are a lot of social relationships. So you have a lot of relationships that will form every day. So every woman, human being exists for one form of relationship or the other. I was born through somebody. I didn't come, appear into this world. So I have a relationship with my parents. I have children, I have a relationship with my children. I have a husband, I have a relationship with my husband. So everybody was formed for 
one kind of relationship or the other. But we get into this kind of relationship and there are challenges, there are difficulties that we face, there are problems that we face. So you see a father um, having a problem with his son because they do not understand each other. You see a father or a mother having a problem with their daughter because there is a break in um, understanding. There's, a, there's not a balance in the relationship. So you go to the office and your boss, um, um, your relationship with your boss has a crack. And sometimes you have to explain um, this went wrong, that went wrong. Hallelujah. So we are all made for relationships. And whether we like it or not, we must face challenges and problems. The issue is not that um, we face problems and challenges in our lives or in marriages or in relationships. The problem is that sometimes we do not deal with the problems. Another challenge is that sometimes we do not deal with the problems the right way we should deal with the problem. Hallelujah. Amen. So we all exist for relationship. We all exist for relationship. So when we talk about um, the emotional marital relationship, we're talking about a man and a woman coming together to become husband and wife. A man and a woman, not a woman and a woman, not a man and a man. A man and a woman coming together to become husband and wife. And today I'm going to talk about a few challenges that we face before we get into a relationship or when we are in the relationship and inside a marriage too. Hallelujah. So because there are problems that you could have avoided even before you got into the relationship with some people. There are problems that you can work out of even while in the relationship with some people. Hallelujah. There are problems that you can fix in your marriage. The problem is that we are either not fixing the problem or um, we are fixing it the wrong way. Hallelujah. And the first thing I'm going to talk about today is incompatibility. It forms the cruise of everything we know about problems. When two people are not compatible, what does it mean? They are too different to come together. They are too different to come together. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's look at the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 18. Hallelujah. Second Samuel chapter 18, um, verse 17. That's the second Samuel, first Samuel, sorry, first Samuel chapter 18. That's the story of um, um, David, uh, Michal, and, and um, Saul. Hallelujah. First Samuel chapter 19, chapter 18. Um, hallelujah. I said chapter 18, right? Yes. 18, I'll read from verse um, 1. After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan. Verse 17. Look at verse 17. One day Saul said to David, I am ready to give you my older daughter, Mirab, as your wife. But first you must prove yourself to be a real warrior by fighting the Lord's battle. 
For Saul thought to himself, I will send him out against the Philistines and let them kill him rather than doing it myself. Verse 18, who am I and what is my family? Hallelujah. In the meantime, let's look at verse 20. In the meantime, Saul's daughter Michal had fallen in love with David, and Saul was delighted when he heard about it. He has another chance to see him killed by the Philistines. Saul said to himself, but to David, he said, I have a way for you to become my son-in-law after all. Verse 22, then Saul told his men to say confidentially to David, the king really likes you and so do we. Why don't you accept the king's offer and become his son-in-law? When Saul's men said, to this, said these things to David, he replied, how can a poor man from a humble family afford the bride price for the daughter of a king? When Saul's men reported this back to the king, he said that he told them, Tell David that all I want for the bride price is 100 Philistines, false kings. Vengeance on my enemies is all I really want. But what Saul had in mind was that David would be killed in the fight. Verse 26, David was delighted to accept the offer. So before the time limit expired, he and his men went out and killed 200 Philistines and presented all their false kings to the king. So Saul gave Michal to David to be his wife. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, you see the story of um, you see the story of David and Michal. This is Saul um, coming to David. If you read the King James version, the King James version talks about um, Saul. I think I should read it here. Saul had something in mind. He wanted to destroy David because he knew the kind of daughter that he had. First Samuel chapter eighteen. I read the NLT version earlier. Let me read this. Verse 20. And Michal Saul's daughter loved David and they told Saul. And the thing pleased him and Saul said, I will give him her that she may be a snail to him. Can you see that? I will give him her that she may be a snail. So Saul's intention is that he goes, she goes into, Michal goes into the life of this man David and frustrates his life and be a tongue in his flesh. So there are people that come into our lives that um, we should not align to our lives. There are people that come into our lives that are just sent by the devil. Sometimes they are aware of it. Sometimes they are not aware. So Saul says, I will send my daughter. I know who my daughter is. I will send her to you. Hallelujah. So that's first Samuel chapter 19, uh, 18. So we face the problem of incompatibility. In relationships, in marriage. And I said, to be incompatible means that you have different beliefs, you have different ideas, you have different values. Everything about you is different. Your background is different. Hallelujah. So there is nothing wrong if two people in a relationship have two different, um, two different ideas um, and values. But those values must be related, must align with God's word, must align with your principles. Hallelujah. So some people might not be bad. You meet some, you meet some people, they are not bad. The only problem is that they do not share values the same. Um, they are not compatible with you. So you meet a sister who is so friendly, who is so, you know, she's so kind. There are things about her that you like. But you're not compatible in some ways. Your ideas are different. Hallelujah. And in talking about compatibility, I'll deal with the issue of values and um, beliefs. I'll deal with the issue of values and beliefs. And what are values? Values are things that are very important to you, the things that you hold so dear. Values are things that you consider wrong or right. For example, I believe I should respect everybody regardless of your tribe, your qualification, your status. That is a value. Now, I believe that I am responsible first to God and to man. 
That's one of my values. I believe that I should be held accountable for my actions. I should not just act anyhow I want. I should be accountable to my church, to um, my parents, to my spouse, to my children, even to my children. I should be accountable to them. Hallelujah. So I got to pick my child in school and he says to me, Mommy, why did you come late? I shouldn't begin to scream at him. No, I, I said to him, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I went, I, I had to leave office late. Um, this went wrong, this went wrong. I'm being accountable. He's a little boy, but I'm accountable. Hallelujah. So these are values. Integrity is a, is a great value. Truth is a great value. Honesty is a great value. Loyalty is a great value. So the, the problem we have in our nation is because that people have lost, because people have lost, lost a sense of value. So before you get into a relationship, you must not just consider, you must not just say, I'm going to look for somebody with um, the right values. You have to have the right values. So you don't have a value, um, you don't expect to um, be a liar, you don't expect to be a cheat, you don't expect to be um, a womanizer, you don't expect to be somebody who disrespects somebody, and then expect to get a spouse who is opposite to that. Hallelujah. So that's why we must prepare ourselves for our relationship. We must build the values of integrity. What is integrity? Saying what you, um, 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 doing what you have said and saying what you mean. So that's integrity. Honesty, telling the truth. Respect for your spouse. Respect for the people that you come across because you never can know if that man or that woman you're talking to is that person God has sent into your life to be your husband or your wife. You never can tell. Hallelujah. So our values must align. So if you're a person of faithfulness, if you're, if you're, if you're a faithful, faithful person, you have integrity. You are accountable. You believe in accountability. You believe that when you're going out of the house, you should tell your spouse that I'm stepping out of the house. There's going to be a problem if you meet somebody who feels that it doesn't, it doesn't matter. The person can just um, travel anytime, do whatever. So if you're somebody who, the person of integrity, you cannot afford to be with somebody who has no sense of integrity. Who doesn't care? Who says to you, what does it matter? Hallelujah. Amen. So persistent, sacrifice. One great value in relationship and marriage is the, 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 the value of sacrifice. I might need something. I might need 10 naira today. I, I might have 10 naira today and my spouse needs it. I should be able to give that spouse the 10 naira. Especially if I don't need it at that point in time. Sometimes I need it, but his own need is more important than mine at the time. Hallelujah. So you, you, you read a story of, um, of Joseph in Genesis chapter 39 verse 9. And he says to um, Potiphar's wife, he said, how can I do this, this, this wicked thing against my master? This is a man who had integrity. Do you, know for, do you know what it means for you to be in prison? And now you know that if you are going to, if you sleep with um, the wife of your boss, the wife of your boss has influence to bring you out of prison. And you turn your back and return to a graveyard prison. So Joseph was a man of integrity. So you show integrity whether somebody is there or not. Potiphar's husband would not have known. But he said, no, I cannot do this great wickedness. Hallelujah. So what is the value? What is your value? Values are what you build your life. It forms the foundation of your life. It forms the foundation. Accountability, responsibility, selflessness, discipline, respect. So this man or this woman you are going to get married is a person disciplined enough to stay faithful to you. So you see a girl 
who um, is dating somebody and the guy is sleeping with everybody in town and the lady says, I'm in love, I can't just leave him. That's stupidity. Hallelujah. So these are all values, discipline, loyalty. So when you enter into a relationship or a marriage with somebody who has different values with you, then there is a problem. You're in for frustration. Let me say this morning clearly, marriage can either turn your life around or turn your life upside down. There is no force on earth that can transform your life positively or negatively like marriage. I've been married for 8 years and 10 months. And I can tell you boldly that marriage can either turn your life around for good or turn your life upside down. And I see a lot of people play with their relationship, play with their lives today. Hallelujah. So you must build the, the right kind of values, the values of hard work. If you marry somebody who thinks that, a guy who thinks that, okay, you, he doesn't need to work because maybe you're working. When God says that a man should, tell the, the, a man should take care of the garden. Hallelujah. So it's different when somebody doesn't have a work, or doesn't have a job yet, or is in school. But it's a whole new game when somebody who has a qualification is lazy or does not want to work. Hallelujah. So what is your values when it comes to money, when it comes to sex before marriage, when it comes to respecting people, what are your values? Amos chapter 3 verse 3. He said, can two work together? I'll read it. He said, can two work together without agreeing on the same direction? That's either the Living Bible or the New Living Translation. I can't. Amos chapter 3 verse 3. Hallelujah. That's NLT version. Can two, work, can two people work together without agreeing on the direction? So, this is a man, this is a woman. The man is saying, I want to hold you accountable, I want to be held accountable. The woman is saying, I can't be held accountable, you cannot hold me accountable. So both of them are pulling themselves, but they are insisting that they are going to be in that relationship or they are going to marry. There's going to be a problem. Hallelujah. What are your values? Does the person have respect for other people, the person you want to marry? Is the person going to isolate you from the world? Is the person going to isolate you from your family? What values, what, what does the person believe about certain things? Hallelujah. So I talked about honesty, integrity, truth, respect, honor, love, sacrifice, accountability, responsibility, persistence. These are all values that we must hold. Hallelujah. So I said values are things that you see to be right. Or wrong values are things that are important to you they are very important I came here this morning and on the way I was telling her I kept saying my god you know why should I come to a meeting late what would people think of me hallelujah so I have a value of I want to be on time. Hallelujah. So our values cannot easily be pushed aside. No. So that's why both of you keep struggling. Because values are things that have been engraved from you, from birth, from, from why, when you knew things. Hallelujah. So my daughter does some things and, and tells and, and lies about it and I, called, and I call her and I say to her, you cannot lie in this house. You cannot lie in school, you cannot lie anywhere. She's four years old. But I'm ingrained the value of 
putting in her the value of honesty, of truth. I said to her, you cannot, it's not possible for you. That, those are my words to her. You cannot, not you will not, not, you cannot lie in this house. You cannot lie in school. You cannot lie in church. You cannot lie to anybody. Hallelujah. So you must watch these values. The second thing I want to talk about when it comes to compatibility is your belief system. Your belief system. This is where I see a lot of Christians miss, miss it. Your belief is the most important factor that should determine whom you enter into a relationship with. So beliefs are an idea or set of ideas that you think are true. Yeah, ideas, set of values that you think are true. So, um, before you get into a relationship, there is a stage of friendship where you are free with, with each other. You have an opportunity then to talk to this person. Hallelujah. You talk to this person. Um, just do it as though you are just gisting. Don't do it like you are interrogating this person. You ask the person, what do you think about this thing? Okay, what do you think about abortion? What do you think about premarital sex? What do you think about living together? Hallelujah. What do you think about respect? Respecting a man. What do you think about loving a woman? What do you think is the place of a woman in a marriage? You just talk your friends. So that is why these issues will be must be trashed out before you even start a relationship. Why? They say that feelings and emotions does not have an intelligence quotient. Feelings and emotions don't reason. They don't have an ability to reason. So there are things that should be straightened before you even get into a relationship. So there is a need for friendship, acquaintance. Just talk, you know. Hallelujah. So your belief system are set of ideas that you hold. I've heard stories of people, of Christians who married Muslims, who married uh, pagans. Most of them because they felt that age was not on the, their side. Hallelujah. So this is a Christian who holds a different belief system from him. Oh, from, from a Muslim. This is a Christian who has a different belief from a pagan who says there is no God. And I really don't understand how that relationship or marriage is supposed to work. So we have a lot of politicians now whose wife is a Christian, the husband Muslim. Many of our politicians, hallelujah. Maybe they got into that because of the political um, thing, and I will deal with that as I'm going on. Hallelujah. But in most cases, two people who are Christians still have different beliefs, different belief system. So I meet a brother in church, I meet a sister in church who says to me there is nothing wrong with premarital sex. Who says to me there is nothing wrong in cheating somebody at business. So you hear businessmen, I personally say that a lot, I cannot do business with a lot of Christians because of the wrong values and belief systems. Hallelujah. So the fact that somebody is a Christian, somebody goes to the same church with you, does not mean it's okay to marry the person. Why? Because you might have different belief systems, things that you believe to be true, maybe because of upbringing, of experiences, or the things that they have read. Then you see a woman who comes from um, a home where the mother shouts so much at the, at the father, has no respect for the father. She has a way in the home. She grows up to believe that you can trample upon a man. You don't have to respect a man. Now, this lady has a belief system that is contrary to God's word. Not only contrary to God's word, contrary to what you believe as a man. So you believe a man 
is supposed to be expected because the Bible says so. So you see, that lady is a Christian. That lady goes to the same church with you. That lady sings in a choir. That lady is in a prayer group. But she is not a help midfit for you because your belief system is different. Hallelujah. So you meet a man who thinks that, who because his, his father um, has abused his father abused his mother, cheated on her, did, did a lot of things to her. Did not take care of the family the way he should. So you meet somebody like that who believes that dad is okay. You know, you meet him, he tells you, oh, my, my mom takes care of the house, my father doesn't go to work, doesn't have a job, so I don't have to have a job. So, by what he says, you know where he stands. Hallelujah. So, you two are believers, but you have different belief systems. Hallelujah. So, this is very key. Because a lot of marriages having challenges today, they are believers. But with different value systems, different belief systems. Hallelujah. So you meet a man who doesn't believe that a woman should go to school. You meet a man who doesn't believe to, that a woman should work. Are you okay with it as a lady? To stay at home, to not go to school. You have to trash that out before you get into the relationship or before you get into marriage. Are you okay? You meet a man who thinks that the lady, the woman is just meant for sex. That's all. She meant for the kitchen. She has no value. God has no purpose for her life because she's a woman. Are you okay with it? If you are okay with it, you go into the relationship. If you are not okay with it, then you step back. You meet a woman who says, oh, career is everything to me. My husband should fix his meal. He should do this. He should do that. Doesn't care about the children. Doesn't place a balance on the marriage or relationship life. Hallelujah. Then you walk away. You walk away. So some men, because of their fathers, what their fathers have done, believe that every man must cheat. Some women, because of what they saw their father did to their mother, believe that every man um, will be a cheat. So I've met a lot of women. A lot, especially in my office, 9 out of 10, who tells me that it's impossible for a man to not to cheat. In fact, my office, the, the people who spoke to me, they were 10 out of 10. I was the only person there saying no. So how, why are you in, these are married people talking to me, not single people. So why will you stay in, why will you get married to this person? But, but they had those ideas in their head even before they got married that a man cannot be faithful to you. Hallelujah. So, and what we believe is a force. So, even if that man was meant to be faithful to, to you, because you're thinking something that works in the spirit, it manifests eventually in his life. Hallelujah. So, some women believe submission is weakness, that they must stand up to a man. Some men believe that if, you love, if they love their wives, their wives will misbehave. A lot of people say premarital sex is not wrong. It's not in the Bible. First Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to talk about this. It's a key area that um, young people face problems. The Bible said that um, John chapter 8 verse 32, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Hallelujah. So the reason why some people do things is because they're, they're not had contact with the truth of God's word. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 6. I read from verse 12. You may say I'm allowed to do anything, but I reply, not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food is for the stomach and the stomach is for food. This is true. Though someday God will do away with both of them. But our bodies were not made for sexual immorality. 
they were made for the Lord and the Lord cares about our body. So God cares about our bodies. And God will raise our bodies from the dead by his marvelous power just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Can you see that? Your bodies are actually parts of Christ. So you take a knife and cut yourself off from Christ and join yourself to somebody who you are not married to. Hallelujah. Should a man take his body which belongs to Christ and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you know that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say the two are united into one. On the story for another day. So, two people who are not married get into premarital sex, get into sex, they become married. That's the Bible talking. Hallelujah. So, they are joined. So, if the relationship doesn't eventually work, up, um, um, work out, they have gone to, both of them have gone to join themselves with one person. So, there are three people in one marriage. Hallelujah. He said the two are united in one, but the person who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Verse 18. Run away from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your body. Or don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a price. So you must honor God with your body. Hallelujah. So you do not belong to yourself. You do not belong to yourself. Your body belongs to God. So if you see that way, then you will understand it. My body is not mine. My body belongs to God. Hallelujah. And now, I round up here and go to the next point. Hallelujah. So if you have different views with the person you want to marry regarding um, birth control, regarding abortion, regarding premarital sex, hallelujah, regarding how to raise a child, regarding money, you know money is one of the things that causes problems in marriages. The man is saying, let's spend everything. The woman is saying, let's save. The man is saying, let's save. The woman is saying, no, that Gucci bag, I need that bag. Today, today, I need it. Hallelujah. So your belief systems must be the same. A broken um, relationship is better than a broken marriage. Hallelujah. So another reason... So I talked about incompatibility, I talked about values, I talked about beliefs. So those two things should determine your compatibility. Value system, integrity, responsibility, accountability. These things, honesty, love, sacrifice, discipline. Hallelujah. So and when we talk about premarital sex, you, you do not depend on your, on your strength. Um, John chapter 15 verse 5, he said, without me you can do nothing. Philippians 4.13 says, my, my strength is sufficient for you. Hallelujah. So you depend on the grace of God to live a pure life. So you get up every morning and say to God, Holy Spirit, thank you because today I have the strength to live for you. So you depend on, your, on, on the Holy Spirit, not on yourself. The next thing I want to talk about is courtship. You must take time to know a person. So... When you get into the relationship, you must take time to know the person's value system, the person's belief system, like I said. You should know it before courtship, or if you do not know it before courtship, know it in marriage. So take time to know a person before you marry them. Courtship affords you the opportunity to look again. Now you feel that you love this person and you spoke to this person. In courtship, you might begin to have a routine because of some things you are seeing that you did not know were there. And there is nothing wrong if you walk away. Hallelujah. So courtship affords you the opportunity to look again. Don't close your eyes completely when you get into courtship. 
If you ignore any warning signs, you might be setting yourself up for pain. But that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Courtship is a time to build and nurture friendship. So you must bond in friendship. You must be able to talk together. You must be able to agree together. You must even be able to disagree to agree. You, must, you can have different views. Hallelujah. You can have different views about issues. Different perception. So when you have one party says it's his own that must stand, there's going to be a problem. Hallelujah. So you can have different views. So my spouse can tell me, oh, yellow looks good on you. And I tell him, oh, I prefer uh, the color red. Hallelujah. Some people will just demean you and say, no, you don't have a right to think. You are not a fool because you got married. Hallelujah. So you must discover all these things. Courtship is the time to build and nurture friendship, commitment, and enduring qualities like character. Hallelujah. So take your time. Don't be in a haste. If you need to take two years, take three years, four years, five years to court and understand each other and trash out these issues, please do. And then for people who are in marriage already, please don't throw your problems under the carpet. Sit down and talk about it. Talk like adults. Hallelujah. Now, let me run through because of time. Lost. The 13th, the 14th, I'll talk about lost of the eyes, lost of the flesh, um, lost the pride of life. John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. I'll rush through that. The pride, the lost. Talking about lost now. First John chapter 2, verse 16. For the world offers only the lust for physical pleasure, the lust for everything we see, and pride in our possessions. Hallelujah. That is what the world offers. Lust of the eyes. Matthew chapter 5, verse 29. He says, if your eyes causes you to see, cut it off. Hallelujah. So we are taken aback by our eyes. So you marry somebody because he's rich. You know he does not have a good character. You know that he will maltreat you. You know that he does not love you. You know that she does not respect you. You know that she's not a wife material. But you marry her because her father is rich. That's the loss of the eyes. Hallelujah. And that is the wrong reason to get married some people get into a relationship because of the physical attraction loss of the flesh loss of the flesh she's so sexy he's so hot so even when they're seeing um, what is going on the, the character flaws the values system which is wrong the belief system which is wrong they keep on going in the relationship and eventually marry Hallelujah. And some people, because they have slept with the person, they refuse to leave the relationship even when they think they should leave it. So that's the lust of the flesh. So preserve your relationship from premarital sex. It blinds your eyes from everything that you should have looked at. Hallelujah. And then the pride of life. So there is this man who thinks that he can mess up with that lady because he has money, he has this, he has that. He's just marrying her as a trophy. There's this woman who, who is marrying this guy because, oh, this guy can take care of me, you know, if I drive this his car like this and go to town. Do you understand? The pride of life. Positions. So don't marry for the loss of the flesh. Don't marry for the loss of the eyes. Don't marry because of the loss, the pride of life. Hallelujah. Those people who lost Marry because for selfish motives, selfish motives like sex, like money, children, uh, material things. Hallelujah! And then do not succumb to pressure from your parents because you're getting old, from your relatives because you're getting old. No, don't marry a, 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 somebody from the other religion, don't marry somebody with this different belief system. God did not say singleness is wrong. I hope you know, 
You have to be single before you become married. Singleness is a gift. So even if you are 50 years old, I mean it from my heart. At the time I got married, I did not plan to get married, but I felt that God was leading me on. I planned my life that this year, the way I planned my life this year was the year I was going to get married. I've been married for eight, eight years and ten months. The way I planned my life this year is the year I was going to get married. Hallelujah. So find your purpose. Find your assignment. Get busy with your life. Discover God's plan for your life and pursue it. I started to write before I got married. Before I met my husband, I started to write. I started to be passionate about teenagers, about the youths, about the singles. I had a life. So I was not that desperate. I wasn't sitting at home and, and sleeping and thinking that, oh, let a man come and, you know, sweep me up my feet. No. Get a life. Hallelujah. So God created you for a purpose. Immaturity. People have different rates of, of, of maturity depending on the family environment they're growing. So somebody can be 20 years and think like a 30-year-old man. Somebody can be 50 years and think like a baby. Hallelujah. So you must take note of if this guy or this lady is mature enough. They must be able to deal with their emotions with respect. They must be able to deal with problems. Hallelujah. They should be responsible. They should be accountable. Hallelujah. They should be, they should be interested in, in personal growth, personal development. Not just that I read biology education and that's all my life consistent. No. They must grow. Hallelujah. You must let your spouse know what is acceptable to you and what is not acceptable. Whether in a relationship or marriage. Do it in a relationship. It's going to be better for you. Let your spouse know, no, my body belongs to God. You cannot have it. And I'm not just talking to the ladies. Even these days, ladies even pressure guys into um, premarital sex. My body belongs to God. You either expect this or you walk away. Hallelujah. So what is acceptable, you must understand it. You must understand yourself. You must understand yourself. You must involve God. You must not be carnal about the relationship. Pray about it. Pray for each other. Talk about God. Hallelujah. Pray together, but not in your bedroom. Come to church and pray together. Stay somewhere under the tree and pray together, not in your bedroom. Hallelujah. Don't set yourself up for defeat. The Bible says flee. It did not say just be explaining to the brother why you cannot do it. No, open the door and run. It is wrong, no? What did Joseph do? He ran. He took off. So it is when you now do the thing, you understand that you don't have the strength to overcome it. So the Bible, every other sin, have you, every other sin, the Bible said that you should resist. But the sin of, of, of premarital sex, he said, flee, run. It has to do with the emotions. Hallelujah. So understand yourself. Understand your spouse. Final thing I want to talk about is upbringing. How was this person raised? I'm not saying if you have a relationship where your belief system and values um, are different, one break it up. I'm saying sit down with this person and find out is this person ready to change? If the person keeps saying, no, this is how my father did it. This is how my mother did it. This is how this was done. This is how I know to do it. Please run for your life. Hallelujah. So you must be compatible. You must be compatible. Change. He or she must be willing to change. Not change just to have you. So you should be sensitive enough to know when this person is changing just to marry you. You can even stretch the courtship at times to know their true intention. Okay, you said one year, but let's just wait two years. Hallelujah. Then pray about it. Say to the Lord, Father, if this person is in my life to destroy my destiny, I pray that the angels of the Most High God chase him out of my life in Jesus' name. But you see the problem. Sometimes we are too sentimental. We are attached. We don't even want to let the person go. So we can't pray this prayer boldly. Hallelujah. So I want you to take the 
right step today, build your relationship, build your marriage, begin to fix it. I said when I started, marriage can turn your life around for good or turn your life upside down. Hallelujah. I can't say everything I have to say today, but I know that this word you heard, you set your course for the next level of your life in the name of Jesus. Please be on your feet as you begin to thank the Lord for these words that you heard. The Bible said, be ye not just to us of the word, but be ye not hearers of the word, but to us. He said, let not this man who comes to the mirror look at his face and forget and go back and forget what manner of man he is. Just open your mouth and thank the Lord and say, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this word. Lord, I ask for your grace to be released upon everyone that has come today in the name of Jesus. Grace to do your word. Grace to break every relationship that needs to be broken. Grace to fix that relationship problem that needs to be fixed in the name of Jesus. Father, grace to fix that marriage in the name of Jesus. I pray for everyone today who needs to let go of that relationship. I ask for grace in the name of Jesus. I decree that every scale upon your faces Oh, fall off right now in the name of Jesus. I decree everyone sent to your life to destroy your life and destiny. I decree that the angel of the Most High God will chase them away from your life in the name of Jesus. I decree that the spouse you need, oh God, to fulfill God's assignment for your life will be released to come into your life right now in the name of Jesus. I decree that every marriage that needs to be fixed be fixed right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, enlarge these words in the heart of your people in the name of Jesus. Clarity, I decree clarity in the name of Jesus. Clarity in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Yeah. Hallelujah.